Welcome to this podcast that is all about funding. From grants to crowdfunding, I will be answering questions and providing tips and advice on how to best move forward in securing grants and funding for your nonprofit, research, or business. My name is Holly Rustic, and I'm creator of WeGo Consulting and Amazon best-selling author for wish-granted tips, tools, and templates to write a winning grant. Want to get more grant writing and funding resources, books, and online courses? Visit www.grantwritingandfunding.com or wegogrants.com. Check out our free templates. Or if you have any grant writing or funding questions, you can always send me an email at hollywego at gmail.com. That's H-O-L-L-Y-W-E-G-O at gmail.com. I'm excited to hear from you and to try my best to answer any questions so that you can increase your funding and impact your community and the world at large. So let's get started because money can be groovy. Hey, change makers. It's Holly Rustic here. All right, guys. So we are into the new year and it's super exciting. The next several uh, podcasts, we're going to be talking about different types of letters. Okay, so what does that mean exactly? Well, a lot of times grants ask you for certain or funding sources more likely that ask you for certain types of letters. And this can be very confusing. I have a lot of people email me asking me about the different types or how to write something and they may not be writing the right type of letters. So I did, well, let's do some podcasts on these. And better yet, I'm going to include all the downloadables into the membership and short videos as well. So if you're interested in that, send me an email, hollywego, that's W-E-G-O at gmail.com, and I will get back to you. Anyways, but let's go ahead and we're going to talk about a letter of inquiry first. All right, so a letter of inquiry, sometimes called an LOI, and we're going to be talking about a letter of intent next week, also sometimes called an LOI. So this can be very confusing. So we're really bringing breaking down the jargon on all of this letter stuff. And it will give you a way better idea and a framework and a blueprint just to really follow it up and to understand how to write them. And even like I said, in the membership, there will be sample letters that you can download and use. All right, but I'm going to tell you how to do this and what it all means. So there are basically, you know, certain number of steps. And we're going to go over these 10 steps to write a successful letter of inquiry that gets you invited to apply for a grant. So a letter of inquiry is a gate opener. This letter of inquiry, not to be confused with a letter of intent, like I said, can be the difference between a grant accepting a next step application for your nonprofit. So the funding source would say, hey, send us the application now. We're shutting you down. All right. So you will normally find requests for letters of inquiry from private foundations. And basically they want to get a snapshot of what your nonprofit is all about to even consider entertaining you to submit an entire grant application. So the letter of inquiry is basically kind of like a first date, right? Or even just like, hey, I ran, you know, I'm like to meet you, like you're meeting somebody. And then the grant application, the second part is more of like, that's your date. So anyways, so the letter of inquiry is to be succinct and amazing. All right, the saying less is more is absolutely real here. So let's go ahead and look at these 10 steps. All right, so number one, alignment. No, I am not talking about formatting alignment. We will get to that later. But I am talking about does the foundation even align with your nonprofit? Just because there are tons, you know, there's tons of money out there. It doesn't mean you should apply to every single foundation in 
the world. Each foundation, I mean, that would be exhausting for one thing, and it's going to be disheartening for the other because you're not going to get, you know, much of that funding at all. Like, you're not going to get a lot of yeses if you just shoot off 100 letters, you know, the same one to 100 different foundations. Like, you have to actually look at the foundation because each foundation is set up to serve a certain priority, often in a certain geographic area, and has a certain amount of money to give. All right. So before you even consider submitting a letter of inquiry to a foundation, first do your homework and look at the foundation's website, review their mission and vision statement and goals, look at their annual giving report, and if it's not on their website, visit www.guidestar.org. You can actually pull up 990s there for free. It's pretty cool. And then you can see, okay, how much did they actually give? (laughs) It's pretty awesome. Identify their giving guidelines and see what other nonprofits they have given awarded grants to. So that's going to give you a really good idea to say, okay, should we even apply to this foundation? They're asking for a letter of inquiry. So should we even submit one? Because if it doesn't meet those things, you know, if it doesn't really align with your nonprofit, their mission and vision statement and their goals are completely different than yours. If they don't align, that's right away. Okay, let's not do this. Let's not waste our time. If their annual giving report, if it's really like they haven't been given out money in the last five years, then that's a good sign too. Or if they only give like $1,000 grants and you're wanting $50,000, that is going to be a waste of your time to even ask for 50k. If their 990s show or their financial statement shows that they only give out $1,000 grants, right? So also identify their giving guidelines. So they may have certain requirements. And that's the thing. This entire, all these, this 10 steps for the letter of inquiry is for a generic letter of inquiry. All right, guys, certain foundations will say we need this, this and this, and they're going to ask for other things that may not be in our 10 steps. And you know, so you have to always go back to what they're asking for. This is just to give you a template to get set up. Okay, so if you get a good match on all of these elements, then you are in a good place to submit a letter of inquiry. Now, all foundations will not require a letter of inquiry, and that is fine. They may instead post under their how to apply on their website and give other requirements, and you can actually submit the grant application. But many do ask for a letter of inquiry first. Okay, Um, this is another reason to do your research on the foundation's website. But many foundations do want a very basic two-page letter of inquiry, and this is what we are discussing today. If you see quote-unquote proposals not accepted when you are looking through the how to apply section, then it usually means that you first have to submit a letter of inquiry, okay? And basically why they do this is to vet organizations. They get a lot of people maybe submitting and they just want to be able to easily vet through them. So you want to make a really good impression. Okay, so number two, overall tips on format. I told you we're going to get to format. (laughs) So be succinct. No flowery prose here. Be logical and make sure you include an objective, goal, and budget. Sure, you can include your logo on the header if they do not require you submit it online, the letter of inquiry that is, and maybe one picture, but that is about it. Use Times New Roman 12-point font and 1-inch margins. Don't be cute with whimsical font that you had to specifically download, right? In college, I worked at the college newspaper, and I remember the director of the newspaper telling me she had once applied for a job at a different newspaper and turned her resume into a newspaper layout, where she had each area, like experience, education, references, etc., to to look like little articles in in a newspaper, and that's how she turned in her resume. She said she'd been really proud of it and was super cute. 
but then when I said, so did you get the job? And she said, no. <laughs> so even creative jobs, sometimes they still want traditional, basic, boring. And it's just because they go through so much stuff that sometimes your stuff doesn't pop or you take the risk of it not popping right, right? So another example is really close to home. The book I wrote, Wish Granted Tips, Tools, and Templates to Write a Winning Grant. Some of you guys have that, so thank you so much for getting it. (laughs) It's got a super cute title, right? Wish Granted. (laughs) But try that one on for SEO. You don't want something that takes some time to connect, right? Somebody might wish granted. What does that mean? And then a few minutes later, oh, that's cute, right? (laughs) In fact, I'm having to redo the book title. The subtitle still rocks. So the title, but the title, I got to change, right? So I'm doing that as we speak and I'm turning it in to the beginner's guide to grant writing. So see how simple that is? That is clearly no one's going to be like, wait, that takes a few minutes for me to get, right? So sometimes it really goes back to connecting and being very clear, even with the titles of your project, right? I mean, yeah, you can use acronyms sometimes, but spell them out first and let people know what they actually mean and have them connect some sometimes. But as a side note, if you want to get on the advanced reader team for that book, let me know. Send me an email at hollywego at (laughs) gmail.com. But anyways, let's go back. So this is even more important for letters of inquiry. Do not use cute, flowery, or whimsical language. Save that for your blog or for your journal, okay? (laughs) So basically, the letter of inquiry is a super condensed version of a grant proposal. Ask a grant writer any day if they prefer two pages to 15 pages, and they will most likely fist pump with enthusiasm at 15 pages. All right, you might think, oh, two pages is so easy. Well, when you have less room and space to actually express your awesome project, you need to be more skilled with your words, right? It's called wordsmithing. But once that grant writer has perfected a two-page letter of inquiry for a nonprofit's project, they can easily write 15 pages on the project. It all comes down to these two pages, or it should if you do it right. All right, so if you want more information on how to write a grant proposal, the full thing, then click on episode 42 on grant writing and funding. It's how to write a winning grant proposal for an extensive extended one. But let's get back to the letter of inquiry. All right, so now we, we've kind of said, okay, we're not gonna use whimsical language. We're gonna keep it very straight. Let's go into number th- salutation. So at the beginning, at the top of the letter, make sure you include the date that you're submitting at the top of the page, as well as the person's name and title of it, who it, who it should be addressed to. All right, so you are sending it to somebody at the funding source, whether that this is usually a private foundation when they're asking for a letter of inquiry, but don't write to whom it may concern. No, 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 no. You did not do your homework to find out who this person is. All right. It's just kind of rude. So actually do your research and find out who's the board chair, who's on the foundation, right? Find somebody, all right, to address the foundation to specifically. So utilize the good old fashioned dear name of person, Mr. and Miss blah, 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 right? So actually do that. And it doesn't have to even be the right person that's receiving it, but it can try to get the chair or the president of the company or the director of the foundation. Okay. And you can find this, like I said, on their website. Usually you can find it on GuideStar sometimes. Try to find it. All right. So look at Google, (laughs) do what you can to find something. All right. So number four, introductory or the one short paragraph, right? It's just a one short paragraph is your introductory. All right. Because you don't want it long, 
five paragraphs long, you've got limited space. I mean, one to three pages. Sometimes they say two page maximum for a letter of inquiry. So you want to utilize your space, but you do need to introduce yourself. So unless otherwise required by the foundation, you will include steps number three through nine. But remember, you always don't just always, oh, well, Holly said I had to do this. No, first go to the guide of the funding source you're applying to and make sure they don't have any specific stipulations. If they do not and they just say letter of inquiry, then go to Holly's guide. <laughs> All right, so your opening paragraph is where you get the attention of your reviewers from the foundation. I also teach an English comp class at a university where I strongly emphasize the need for a hook, right? I call it a hook. Get the reader's attention. But Holly, didn't you just say not to be whimsical? Yes, I did. You aren't being whimsical. You are getting attention in one sentence. After that, be boring. All right, so <laughs> example, have you ever caught a whale? Nonprofit name is an IRS tax exempt 501c3 nonprofit organization that was incorporated in 2015 in the state of Alaska. Our mission statement is X, which aligns with the mission statement of X of Foundation X. We seek support of $5,000 for one year to purchase materials and build five storage containers to contain our whale food year round. These containers will give us the ability to carry out our fishing traditions as well as provide sustenance for the 900 low income members in our community. All right, that's just, that's like what? On this page is like, I don't know, five, five lines. All right, so you got a hook, but you hear it and it clearly states, I always want you guys to put in your nonprofit status right away because that leads what? It leads with credibility. It says we've actually done our paperwork and we are, because a lot of times they'll say you have to be a 501c3, you have to be actually a charitable nonprofit registered organization. And you are right away saying we are, and this is the year we did it. And in this place, in this state, we got it done. All right. Then you're mentioning right away our mission statement. It aligns with your mission statement. We're even putting it there, right? And then what you want. Well, we seek this amount of money to actually do this because it will do this for us and it will make this sort of impact. Very, very clearly and succinctly you are stating what you want to have done right away in the introduction paragraph. And just for this example, I was actually watching a documentary on this town in Alaska. And this is something that I was like, oh my gosh, I hope that they listen to this so they can use this <laughs> for a grant because they actually do need all climate change and everything. They've lost a lot of their containers where the permafrost used to be. And they just don't have that kind of permafrost year round. So I was like, oh my gosh, that's a huge need. Anyways, <laughs> fearing off of that, I was like, wow, that's that's really interesting. But anyways, keep this paragraph very short. Do not explain the need and how you will roll out the project yet. This is your introduction. Okay, so make sure your opening paragraph answers the following questions. A, is your organization, does it have nonprofit status, including the year of incorporation? B, what project do you want to do? C, how much are you requesting from the foundation? If it is not 100%, what matching will you need, right? D, what time frame will you expend the money? I said by the end of the year, right? In E, do you have a hook? Right away, have you ever caught a whale? Well, that kind of gets somebody's attention, right? And it connects with what you're talking about. Okay, so that is your introduction. Very, very short, but a lot of knowledge there. There's a lot of information. It's very succinct. That's what I want you guys to do. Number five, now you can get into the need or the why, and you can spend two or three paragraphs. Once again, you might only have one paragraph to use. This is a one page a letter of inquiry. Maybe they say one page maximum because they can. 
right? But if you have two or three pages, you can add a few more paragraphs. Now you're gonna get into the need. You already stated what you need, now state why you need it. Give a few stats to back it up. Try to utilize stats or surveys that are within the previous five years. For example, climate change has now eliminated the ability to use a permafrost for our freezers, while simultaneously increasing the threat of losing our food to polar bears. Over the last five years, we have lost all 10 of our underground natural permafrost freezers as they now leak water during the summer months. We also face an increase of migration of polar bears, where before 2015, we had an average of 30 polar bears for three weeks out of the year in our town. Since 2015, though, we now have an average of 50 polar bears for three months out of every year who come into our town searching for food. As our freezers have washed out, we are now at risk of our stored whale to be easier for polar bears to get to. In our community, where 75% of the community members are under the national poverty level and where grocery stores are five times the cost, uh, being able to hunt whales and to eat the meat throughout the year are vital to our sustenance. Now this contains, you could also, you know, have footnotes where you got this information. I kind of just ballparked this figure, although I did hear on the documentary, they said that the bears only came into their town for three weeks out of every year. But now because the ice doesn't freeze back over at the same rate, they have them for three months out of the year. So that is a huge impact. And this is actually an impact on a town where the polar bears do come in and they're getting their food and everything. And and it's a huge, you know, they, they survive on killing so many whales per year. Of course, they're indigenous people, so they're able to do this. You know, they have the rights to be able to get the whale meat. And they do survive on this. And they had like their groceries. It was like $21 for a bottle of conditioner. And their groceries were super crazy high. So this is a way that they sustain themselves in just this area where they live. Um, and it's been a traditional experience for them. So those are all needs. So those are some things that you could think about as you're doing your own needs. <laughs> what are some stats? What are some reasons that you need to do your project, right? And back it up. All right, so now let's get on to number six. Okay, next is to get into the what and the how of the project. This will be the body of your letter and will take most paragraphs. So number six is the project and it's about two plus paragraphs depending once again on your page limitation. So the first thing you wanna do is explain your goal. What is the overall goal? In our example, it is not to get five containers. That's the objective. The goal is basically the reverse of the problem. The main problem is that this community is at risk of losing sustenance and tradition. The goal could be that all 900 community members that are in poverty have access traditional to traditional eating and sustenance right? So they have the access to that. Without those containers, they're not going to have the access because they don't have natural containers anymore and the polar bears will eat the food, right? So the containers themselves are the objective, but the goal is that they have tradition and they have sustenance, right? They have that access. Now go into the objectives. In this case, it is very simple. The main objective could be to build five secure and cold containers that have enough space to contain one entire whale by the end of six months, right? So they have those built by the end of six months. So now you wanna, you have that main objective and I would say do no more than three objectives. In our example, we're only doing one objective, but then you wanna list the activities under the objectives. So I actually love doing this in chart style if you can fit it into your page limitation. In the case of graphs and charts uh, for grants and letters and all of this, you may be able to cheat on your font size. Normally, you may be able to go to 10 or 11 instead of the 12, 
right? And I like this because it breaks up your paragraphs more and allows for some white space or different flow of information. And when reviewers are just reading words, 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 sometimes they just kind of skim, right? And they miss a lot. But if you put little charts and stuff like that, it's a lot easier to digest the information. And it just kind of breaks it up a little nicer. So activities for your objective could include that Number one, the executive director will purchase the materials by the end of month one. Number two, 10 staff and volunteers will build the containers by the end of month three. Number three, the executive director will send a report to the foundation by the end of month six. Right, so you're being very clear. Who's gonna do it? What are they gonna do? And when are they gonna do it by? Very easy. So this takes care of your activities and your timeline all in one go. Okay, so the next thing you wanna do under this is list your partners. If you are collaborating with other organizations, then include their roles. For example, 10 community volunteers have committed their time to build the containers. And then you could just say in there, please request for letters of commitment you know, that we have, because you don't necessarily want to include your letters of commitment at this time because you don't have the ability to do that. But you could say, if you would like, you can request them and we will provide them. And then you may have other details such as hiring, selecting beneficiaries and so forth. And just make sure you include these as space allows, right? Make it very simple. Um, the graph does help because you don't have to be long-winded with all this whimsical prose. You can just keep it very succinct. It helps you be succinct. All right, moving on to number seven. The next part of this letter of inquiry are the outcomes and the evaluations, and that can be one to two paragraphs. So what are the main outcomes? This outcome would be for this grant that we're talking about this example, that five containers will allow your 900 community members to continue hunting and storing whale in a safe and protected manner, as well as provide food for your community members at no monetary cost. That's amazing. How will you evaluate, evaluate this? Sorry guys, I can't talk today. <laughs> well, this example is pretty simple as you will evaluate this by the containers being built and utilized, right? Pretty simple. Oftentimes, like a lot of times I see people wanna, uh, they're applying for grants to write curriculum and stuff like that. So a lot of times the evaluation is, well, the curriculum's gonna get done. <laughs> like it can be very simple. Other times you really do wanna demonstrate if you're talking about certain percentages, how you're gonna evaluate those with pre and post surveys, questionnaires, self-observation, whatever, you know, there's different ways you, you can evaluate different types of projects. Okay, number eight, the validation of your project. And this is just as you kind of say, this is why we rock. This is why you want to give us money, right? So you're going to tell, you're going to explain why your nonprofit is amazing and why they're the best ones to carry out the activity and why they can. If you've won other grants, awards, or secured money through fundraisers, then list that here. Explain that here. And once again, it doesn't have to be long. All right, moving on. Number nine, the budget. All right, this is a fun part for y'all. <laughs> All right, one to two paragraphs. Sometimes this is just a graph. Sometimes they ask for a specific way, but you just want to be very clear with this, but you don't need to take a lot of space to do it either. All right, most funding sources just want to see a snapshot of the budget. If you have space to include a little snapshot, like an actual snapshot of a graph, <laughs> you could even just do this in Excel and then copy that and put it in your, in your document or in your Word doc, right? Do that. Just make a little snapshot of a graph of the money. You can also use words for a budget justification, but a graph may be easier. For this example, we would just break down the cost of materials. So you might say wood, cement, and building supplies 
equals $3,000. Shipping equals $2,000, right? Because they're way up there um, in the Arctic Circle area. <laughs> so it takes a lot to get to them. So that's the cost that they would do. Just make sure your costs are real realistic. Like that would be realistic because of where they're located. So, you know, don't forget to include realistic costs because that's really important. But yeah, so this is a very basic example, but I noticed I did not put five containers equals $5,000. So I broke down the cost, wood, cement, building materials, $3,000, shipping, $2,000, right? Really explaining where all of those costs are going to be allocated. All right, and of course, if you're writing a $300,000, $500,000, 2 million grant, it's going to be a lot <laughs> more line items and categories. But for simple foundation grants, keep it simple. If you're asking for $5,000, you don't have to like break down every single penny on a different line item, right? You can use just the major categories and explain this is how it's going to be allocated. Okay, number 10, conclusion. Short paragraph at the end. Provide a thank you and appreciation for the reviewer's time. All right, thanks amazing foundation for reading this or this letter of inquiry, sorry. Also include a contact name, email address, and phone number for yourself or whoever's signing this letter at your nonprofit, right? The director. Include that you are interested in discussing the project via phone and will contact them by a certain time, usually a couple of weeks after you submit the letter of inquiry. Just so it's not like, oh my gosh, they're calling out of the blue, but you're actually letting them know. Thanks so much for letting us submit this. Thanks for reading this. You can contact me, Holly Rustic, at, you know, here's my phone number and hollywigo at gmail.com. By the way, I would love to discuss this with in more detail with you. I will give you a call in a few weeks, you know, by January 31st. Um, and I look forward to talking to you. Something like that, right? Very, very easy. All right. The other thing is by doing this letter of inquiry, you really have to get clear on your project, right? You might say, Holly, it's only two pages. And you just like whip through all this and it sounds so simple. Or maybe, oh my gosh, it sounds really complicated. <laughs> so but you're basically writing a grant, but you're making it very succinct. So you've got to be really clear on what you're doing. This is amazing for you to do. This is really good on how to define your projects. All right. And that 15 page grant or 50 page grant will feel like a cinch after doing this letter of inquiry because now you have a framework. All right. Now everything else can be a little flowery. Okay. For full checklist and letter of inquiry samples, just make sure you check out grantwritingandfunding.com. We have our membership coming up and I will have all of these types of downloadables available to you there. All right, guys. So this week we talked about letter of inquiry. Next week we're going to talk about a letter of intent so you understand what that is but these are your 10 steps to writing a great letter of inquiry where they will say yes please submit a grant application now because your your letter of inquiry rocks and i hope you know that village in alaska you do get funding because man there is a huge need in your community with climate change and with everything that's happening with the wildlife around you and just you know in general so we feel it out here in the islands too, with the seas rising, a lot of communities are getting, you know, basically sunk and they're having to relocate. So there's a lot going on. There's a lot of need in the world, but thankfully there, there's also a lot of mechanisms such as money to help you with projects to serve your communities. All right, guys, love talking to you. And I will talk to you guys next week about a letter of in tent. All right, guys, as always, give me an email if you have any questions or if you want to hear a certain podcast topic episode, hollywego at gmail.com. All right, guys, have a great day. Bye.
Thank you for listening to today's show. As always, please feel free to send me an email if you have any grant writing or funding questions to hollywego at gmail.com. If you enjoy listening to the grant writing and funding podcast, then I would love to ask you a favor. Please leave a review on iTunes or SoundCloud. Thanks again for listening and go get funded.